Hooked Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. One hell of a Monday, one hell of a show that we have for you. I'm very excited, partly because of the big news in college football, and that's where we'll start. Usually our, our Monday episodes, we start with recapping the NFL weekend on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Not, not this time. I, I can't even wait to talk about this one. Lincoln Riley the Oklahoma head coach headed to USC to take on that responsibility. Yesterday was one of the best days of my life. I'm not I mean, even joking. Top, like he's, top five day for me, all time. He's gone. Like he's already in LA. Like that's the crazy part to me. Is like, okay, I knew that when he, the, the rumors kind of came out the other day of like, hey, he might be going to LSU. There's a lot of talk on Saturday. We know a kid who works for the LSU student newspaper. Um, he had pretty much felt comfortable enough saying, hey, like the discussion between LSU and Lincoln Riley is pretty much solidified. They're just, you know, figuring out the rest of the contract. Well, then later that night, Lincoln Riley goes, I'm not going to LSU. Yeah, that and does we the post-game like, press conference. That's uh, it. And a lot of people were speculating on Saturday, too, like if Oklahoma loses, the announcement will come. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State in a fantastic football game. It was a good and game. And then Lincoln Riley goes to do the post-game presser. And one of the, the local, I th- believe, media guys was asking him, it's like, have you been asked about any of the rumors? I feel like I have to ask you. And Lincoln Riley says, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. Next question. That was genius on it his was, part. That was, I know there's a big rumor, but you don't have the correct school. So I will not be the next head coach at LSU. Could you imagine someone been question. like, what about USC? He was like, ah. Yeah, let's talk about that on Monday, Listen, actually. hey, my focus right here is on the Oklahoma Sooners, all right? And we that's why, lost a tough game. That's why he did such a great job because he got out in front of it and was like, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. He didn't say, I'm not leaving Oklahoma. I'll be here. He said, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. I mean, obviously, the report comes out Monday or Sunday morning that he's leaving for USC. He knew what he was doing. That that contract was probably already in the works. So uh, he didn't lie, but he kind of withheld. How did, uh, what was your response? Because I kind of wish I would have been with you when you read the official report of like Lincoln Riley's going to USC. I was actually in the grocery store. So I just, Pretty much skipping through every aisle. I mean, like, this is fucking fantastic. Uh, very, very excited. Did you, and I, out, like, did you let out, like, a loud clap? Like, fuck yeah. Uh, no, because I was, like, I was in the middle of a Walmart. I know. That, <laughs> that, that would make it good. But, yeah, it, it, I'm also so pessimistic that it was like, is this real? Is this, is this really going to happen? I'm dreaming. <laughs> because all the, you're right. Like, all the rumors were LSU, LSU. And for Lincoln Riley, man, like, I love this guy so much more. Like that 24-hour swing of I hate him to he's so good. The fact that he had every Oklahoma fans just expectations through the roof, had them all comfortable, confident, going to sleep on Saturday night like, oh, he's not going to LSU. Did you wake up Sunday morning with that fucking knife in your back of, (laughs) sorry, going to USC. 
I mean, he really just did one big stab in the back and on his way out. They are freaking out. Every single one of them on Twitter. Like, there's not one fan that's like, okay, hey, we'll be there's, all right. It's because this uh-huh. has happened. Then it's like, what about Caleb Williams? Right. He, le- he lets out a tweet of like, hey, still haven't – like, this is still news to me. I'm mm-hmm. happy for Coach. And he lists off the entire Riley family, which is incredible. Very mature of him to do so. But, like, back to Lincoln, though, real quick. The thing that caught me by the surprise the most is that he accepted this job and has already left Norman. Yeah, like it's a he's, quick turnaround. He's gone. But I thought mm-hmm. usually it was like if you accept a job, you at least do, like, one last game. Like, you would do the bowl game with your team. Nope, don't need to. It, it is weird. We talked a little bit about this last week when all the rumors were, oh, he's going to LSU, he's going to LSU. Um, and the Caleb Williams stuff as well of, like, oh, did he talk to his quarterback? You're right about the tweet. I don't have it pulled up. I don't remember it. But it was like, hey, this is all new to me. I'm still figuring out what to do. Mm-hmm. And then finished off the tweet with, like, hashtag boomer. So, like, he's still got a lot of decisions to make. I This definitely wasn't like last week when people like, he's leaving, he's going to LSU, and Caleb Williams is headed there with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. But it is interesting that Bob Stoops was already there. Yeah. And Bob Stoops has been named the interim coach at Oklahoma. That's an interesting title, too, because it's not, hey, I'm going to coach the bowl game. He's the interim coach. So I wonder how long he's going to stay there. But it is weird that, like, out of all the people that knew what was going on, he was already there. I think that goes to show how close of a relationship Lincoln Riley has with maybe Bob Stoops. Yeah. Because, like, when Bob Stoops stepped down from being the coach, Lincoln Riley was immediately Immediately was just like, boom, here he is. And that's the thing for Oklahoma is they've not had any turmoil like this. In what, 20-some years? Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people are talking about, you know, is that people don't leave Oklahoma for another school. You might leave Oklahoma to go take an NFL job. Mm -hmm. You don't leave to just be like, bye, I'm going to USC. (laughs) Like Mel Tucker, who signed an extension, he talks about, you know, Michigan State, this is a destination job. Like, the only reason you leave that is if you get fired. Not so much for Lincoln Riley. (laughs) He goes to USC. There's a lot of speculation about Caleb Williams and what will happen. Uh, You and I were talking a little bit about it yesterday, too. I don't believe that Caleb Williams is a good fit for USC and what they're doing. And part of that is because the quarterback that they already have on roster, Jackson Dart, who had a pretty good weekend. He was a a top recruit as well Mm -hmm. right there in USC. So I don't think that Caleb Williams is just like this shoe into like, hey, I'm going to go to USC. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know if Lincoln Riley would want him. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, maybe Jackson Dart had a little bit to play into this because Mm -hmm. Jackson is going to be exactly who Lincoln wants at quarterback. Yeah, Caleb Williams is very talented. Obviously, um, I've had to eat my words on him before, (laughs) but he has struggled of late. He did not look good against Oklahoma State. He's very good running the ball. He's got a lot of work to do as a passer. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like Jalen Hurts all over again to where, yeah, he might burn you if he takes off, but I mean – his pocket awareness is very, very bad. I don't want to <laughs> shit on a kid who's like 19 years old. He's obviously a very good player, very good athlete. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And so I don't think that it's as easy as like, oh, my gosh, if he goes to USC, he's a Heisman contender. He played very well for a couple games this year. And then it was, I believe, Kansas that brought him back down to yeah. earth. It was like, oh, college football is actually kind of hard. <laughs> so I don't know about that. I don't know that he will just – automatically transfer to USC. He's from Washington, D.C. 
So like moving to Oklahoma, going with Lincoln Riley, that's probably one thing. Going to USC might be just too much of a move for him. That's a all oh yeah, that's all the way across the country. Yeah. So I mean and there are a lot of other good schools. It's not like USC and Oklahoma are the only two. Yeah. You know, Georgia could use a quarterback after this year. They've been known to dig into the transfer portal as well. So that would I mean be there's huge no telling. For them. Yeah, I mean LSU, what are they gonna do? If they who are they gonna land at quarterback? Ole Miss is another one, like just keeping with those SEC schools. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity for a kid like Caleb Williams. So maybe he does enter the transfer portal. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he stays. And, you know, maybe if Bob Stoops is named the head coach, maybe he says, all right, I can get on board with that. And I do think that – I think that's what's going to happen. Caleb just ends up staying with Bob. And, and Bob Stoops, I think he's going to be the head coach. Yeah. I, because- we, I mean, we talked about it last week too. Bob Stoops has been trying to kind of get back into coaching, but he's never wanted to take a different job at the college level. Because he is an OU guy. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he built that program back up to what it is. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that he's kind of been – I think Saturday, Sunday was a very exciting day for him. It's like, oh, my gosh, it sucks for Lincoln Riley. But – I'm back. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. it's like you break up with a girl, and then she gets pretty over summer, and you're like, oh, shit. And, like, and then she breaks up with her boyfriend. Swoop Slide right back, back in. in. That, yeah. So I do think that Bob Stoops probably takes over – um, he's on damage control at OU though. There's, you know, reports I read on the athletic this morning that a lot of players are pissed off. They don't really know what they're going to do. They don't know who their coach is. They don't know when they're practicing. I do think that we're going to see a lot of players leave OU in the transfer portal. And one thing we're already seeing with Oklahoma is their recruits are leaving left and right. Quickly. I was writing about it on Sunday. Like as soon as I got done grocery shopping, I started writing state of college football. I usually wait till Sunday afternoon, Sunday night to do that. Mm-hmm. I got a jump start because I was excited. And I'm writing about how, like, this recruit from California, he's a five-star quarterback. He could decommit. And then, boom, he did it. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Well, I probably should have changed that. <laughs> but they've lost so many players already mm-hmm. that have decommitted from Oklahoma. So Bob Stoops going to have his hands full trying to, like, almost re-recruit those kids. He doesn't even know. Yeah. And now uh, Oklahoma has to dive into the coaching search with – uh, like blindly dive in. They didn't expect this. It's not like the athletic director was like, yeah, I kind of got my eye on this guy. And it's crazy how USC was able to keep this so quiet too with Lincoln of like, hey, I mean, this was, I don't feel like LSU USC. couldn't keep their mouth shut. Yeah, like USC wasn't like leaking anything at all. Like, there was no rumors surrounding that university for Lincoln Riley yep. until it happened. And like you said, LSU, we all knew about it a whole week in advance. Yeah. At LSU, it, it, Tough situation there as well. Uh, I heard this morning listening to Dan Patrick's show, uh, he said that he had a source say Lincoln Riley turned down $12 million a year from LSU. That's – how much is USC paying him then? It, that's – I cannot wait to see the numbers on that. It's I, I be hope they release 12, it. right? I, or comparable. <laughs> hey, he was making around, I think, seven at Oklahoma. Watch it be like thirteen five, and he's like, double pay. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, you have uh, you have no choice. Somebody doubles your pay, and you get to leave <laughs> Oklahoma, like to go to Norman Southern Cal. of all places. Like the watching his kids and wife get off the plane. Like I'm surprised there wasn't a slide for them to go down because they couldn't get off fast. There was a lot of excitement <laughs> to land in California. There really was, uh, you know, and a lot of people are saying that the move to the SEC had a lot to do with it. And I think a lot of bitter OU fans are saying, like, he was afraid of the SEC. We're all afraid of the SEC. Yeah. As Texas fans, Oklahoma fans, we all know, like, that move, no one liked it. 
do we call should it be called fear? Should it just be like, yeah, we're very understanding of what's gonna happen in the uh-huh. SEC. You're not gonna be able to win it every year. Yeah. And like look at your path to a national championship. You can go to the SEC and you can get your school a lot of money. Okay, that's nice. But you're competing with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Auburn, Texas A and M, Ole yeah. Miss. Like there are so many good schools. And like that's the thing is everyone just overlooks like an old miss, an Auburn, a Texas A and M, you know, here yeah. and there throughout the conference. Yeah, it's not Auburn just Alabama. Almost, yeah, Auburn almost beat Alabama this weekend. And that's the thing with this like with the SEC is you can have a powerhouse like Alabama and then things just don't go their way one week and they lose. Mm-hmm. And then they almost lose against Auburn. And if you're Oklahoma and Texas, it's like we're fucking struggling against Oklahoma State. We right. like, we're almost and losing Baylor. to Kansas. <laughs> yeah. And or Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, which has been, you know, is an upcoming program. We know that, which is Campbell's done a great job there. But like to take that to the next level of the SEC. That's going to take years, and if you're Lincoln Riley, I'm glad he got out of it now instead of having to spend two years in it, right. being like, I told you guys this was a bad decision, I'm leaving. And when you look at the Pac-12, who do you have to compete with? Oregon. And uh, maybe – lost Oregon team. Yeah, and maybe like a Utah here or there or, you know, a school that's got like 20-some seniors on the team and has been building it yeah. for the last and couple Yeah, and I years. saw Matt Leinert, former USC quarterback, tweeting about it. And I think he said that his first year there with Pete Carroll, they went like six and six. Mm-hmm. The next year they went eleven and one. And I mean, it just blew up from there. It's a fast turnaround. Yeah. And a lot of those commits that are decommitting from Oklahoma are twenty twenty three commits. And so I do think that they're going to follow Lincoln Riley, and I really follow. Like I, he's following them. They're all in California. Yeah. There are like five of them right there in California. And the fact that it's like there's a quarterback, there's a couple receivers, a yep. running back. That's I mean USC has been fine at getting some of those players throughout the last couple of years anyways, but if you're getting them in five star recruits with a head coach that can run an offense so smoothly, yep, you got to look out for the Trojans in the next five years, no oh, matter yeah. who's in the SEC. And there's a lot of good talent already there at USC, mm-hmm. and I mean they they've got really good receivers. You're probably gonna lose a couple of them, but I also think like with the transfer portal, it might be an even quicker turnaround. Yeah, I know everybody's looking at Caleb Williams like, oh my gosh, he could follow him. Now, what about the other guys though? You know, what about like a Marvin Mims who's that receiver being like, all right, I'm gone here. Yeah, I don't. I came here to be with Lincoln Riley, and I think that's a lot of the players at Oklahoma. Oklahoma does recruit itself, but at the same time, I think a lot of those recruits are there because of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and you can see it with the commits that they have. They're there because Lincoln Riley. Yeah. No offense to the great folks in Norman, Oklahoma. You're not competing with Southern California <laughs> at all. And so I do think that we're going to see a lot of players enter the transfer portal. And I think Lincoln Riley, if he does, and he should, he's going to be able to attack the transfer portal and say, hey, come here now or follow me to USC. I don't know that it will be the quarterback, but you know you there are going to be he, some young players that do. Do you think he does this year, or is it more of like he just tries to get his commits? I, I shouldn't even say commits, but the guys that he was recruiting at Oklahoma to USC. Yeah, he'll get them to flip. A Easily. lot of yeah, yeah, I, I do think so. And like I said, a lot of those guys are already in California. Mm-hmm. I think it's the five-star running back that's coming in this year. He's from California. Yeah. So he and he even tweeted out the eye emojis already, like staying home question mark eye emojis. Like, come on, you know. Yeah. We all know it's gonna happen. That's kind of it's kind of exciting to see USC then kind of put themselves back on the map. I think it will be huge. Now it, I just look around our office and see all this Texas stuff and wonder like, <laughs> what the fuck, guys. 
<laughs> yeah, they were a year too early. <laughs> Maybe should have held on to uh, old Crazy Eyes there for one more year. Oh, and there's no way they get Lincoln, but like at the same no, time, no. Uh, but there are there are a lot of other good coaches. You know, um, on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I was very excited because I thought that like Billy Napier going to Florida would be the big hire that I was talking about, mm-hmm. and then Lincoln Riley just sets the whole college football world upside down. Really does. It's a total blaze right now. I and mean, good God. I think it is a wonderful hire for USC. I'm excited about the possibility of them being good again. I think that's one of those blue buds that's just exciting anytime they are good. College football can survive without them. Mm-hmm. But when you have a powerhouse like that on the West Coast, it does yeah, I mean, make things very exciting. It's like, like it makes football more fun. Like and Oregon's we, been close, but they haven't been. I don't feel like people were going to be as excited about Oregon as we would USC. Mm-hmm. Like the the media attention that's going to go to them. Yeah, And there, there's so much going on this weekend in college football that I didn't even get to it uh, <gasps> because I didn't know if I, I should talk about it or not. But Mario Cristobal at Oregon is going home to visit his mom in Miami. There's a lot of speculation that he's going to be the next coach uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. And I, it is maybe a little bit insensitive, but at the same time, I think if you have somebody in your family that you're close to, if it's at the end of their run, you kind of want to be close to him. Mm-hmm. I do think we could see a return home for Mario Cristobal. And wow. if that happens, Oregon's a really good job as well. They should have some people very excited about it. But that really sets up USC very nicely. It, I mean, no joke. And then, I mean, in the ACC, the ACC is down. So maybe he does do, like I said, a return home, be close to his mother, and build a program that he was already a part of. So that's the question I want to ask you then. Because with the USC, we said it could be a quick you know, flip. You, quickly get that going back on the right track could Miami or is Miami possibly a school that's in the same situation where they could do that or is it going to take years to do so I think they haven't had the commitment from you know like the The athletic directors and the presidents yeah I think they could and one thing with Miami that people should remember is all the name image likeness money that just flooded to their players yeah I don't think that's going to dry up and I think when you do get into the transfer portal, if they do have a new coach, which I think they will eventually, I honestly, I don't know what they're waiting for anymore. But if they have a new coach, you can go and you can look at it and say, hey, this quarterback was making like six figures last year, maybe close to seven. Like He might have got close to a mil. So I think you can recruit players that way. And we saw it in college basketball last year where everybody at the end of the season was like, I'm gone. I'm mm-hmm. in the transfer portal. I'm going somewhere else. We didn't really see it in college football. But I think this year is going to be absolutely ridiculous in college football. I think we're going to see so many kids enter the portal. Maybe they stay, maybe they go, but I think they're going to enter and at least listen to other offers and Mm -hmm. be like, "Eh, yeah, I'm kind of toying with going here. You know, some of these guys that are at smaller schools and want a bigger piece of the pie, now there's, you know, openings at Oklahoma. There's, you know, USC. They're all over the place. Yeah, Florida is another one who, like I said, they named uh, a new coach over the weekend too. And Billy Napier is a great name. I really like him as a coach. He comes from Louisiana, but he also spent time at Clemson and Alabama under Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. So I really think that he has a lot of potential to be very good. And if you're LSU, man, you missed out on two coaches in the same weekend. Like, how? That's yep. my question with LSU. How in the world have you messed this up? It. I don't know if they just didn't want to name a new coach while Coach O was still there. If that's the case you fucked up yeah uh, but they were one of the you know first people to fire their coach and then they sit around and they wait florida fired their coach last week 
And I was reading, I think it was Bruce Feldman tweeted it out. I was reading that Billy Napier interviewed on Tuesday for the Florida job. And almost they almost immediately hired him. Like he did so well that they're like, yep, this is our guy. Damn. So in like less than a week span, they're like, we got our guy. We're not going to let LSU come in and take him from us. We're hiring him. And I don't know what his numbers are, what his contract looks like, but I think that's a great hire for them. And again, it's like, LSU, what are, what are you doing? Like at this point, who do you hire? Like, Is it just Matt Campbell? Is that the only person you can go after? Or Luke Fickle? Yeah, Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle. There's a lot of talk about uh, Mark Stoops, who's at Kentucky. Is that uh, Bob's son? Brother. Brother, okay. Yep, it's his brother. I, Matt Campbell, I think, would be a good fit. Uh, I know that there's a lot of rumors to him and Washington. Luke Fickle, I, I think, could be a good fit down there. Uh, there's also a lot of buzz about Lane Kiffin, who, I, if I'm LSU, I would probably take a swing at Lane Kiffin. Really? And one of the reasons Coach O was fired was because the Arch Manning stuff. The LSU wanted in on Arch Manning, and they weren't. Lane Kiffin is. And so maybe if you do take a swing at him, uh, I think you could. Obviously, they can pay people. Yeah. And if you're Lane Kiffin now and you're like, holy shit, they offered $12 million to Lincoln Riley? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll give you a deal. I'll go 10. 10 even, and I'm there <laughs> What's he making out tomorrow. of Ole Miss, you know? Uh, not not, not that. 12. <laughs> Probably not seven, like maybe six in that range. I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure, but um, that was also a situation where we thought maybe he was using these other jobs. <laughs> How, what would you say, six? Six or seven. Four and a half. <laughs> Which is a shit ton of money, but the fact that we're just like, bah, whatever. LSU literally just has that laying around, though. They were paying Coach O nine and a half. So they could even just come in and be like, hey, just take Go over. Go Tigers was getting nine and a half contract. million dollars. Yeah, the second highest paid coach in college football. God freaking no. They were going to offer what Lincoln are we doing? 12. Well, we need to go coach. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think they could obviously take a big swing Sheesh. at Lane Kiffin. I would. I, I think that he could work there. I think that he's kind of matured past some of the USC, Tennessee stuff that he's done in the past. But it's definitely, it's just getting started. It's not even December yet. And we have all this stuff going on. So it's going to be a great time for college football. College football is going to be great, and you can also look great. Now would be a great time to go visit our sponsors at Miners and Monroe. I about said Mid-America RV. Uh, you should visit them too. But Miners and Monroe, use code MikedUp10. Save yourself 10% off. It's great to support those local businesses. I know for most of our listeners, not so much local, but they're still a great small business locally owned here and a great dude too mm -hmm. uh, so go support them at minersandmonroe.com use code mic'd up 10 and save yourself 10 percent off yep next up is going to be gunspot gunspot.com Mello is rocking the t-shirt today it is a pretty cool one i'll be honest with you i did i did a little closet clean out look at you over the weekend too and it's like oh there's my gunspot <laughs> shirt i knew it was in there somewhere that was just a me problem i found it I'm going to have to get mine out this week, too, now that you're wearing it. Uh, but, again, yes, Gunspot.com. Visit that website for all your gun and ammo needs as well as accessories. No reserved auctions. That is the spot for your guns. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter <laughs> of when. Make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family at any time, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. Yes, and another thing that I wanted to talk to a little bit talk to you about is a little more college football uh michigan finally beats oh. ohio state this weekend i know you were rooting hey, for michigan you know how you talked about lincoln riley like hearing that news and how good it was watching this football game on saturday 
Like, I had more excitement watching this game than I did any Texas game this year. Really? Like, even the Texas OU game. Because I just had that gut feeling in that game that Texas was going to fuck it up. Sure enough. I've well, also history learned. History tells you. I've learned this year with college football, just trust the gut, bub. Because that's what I've been saying about this Michigan game uh-huh. all year. And I feel like you can back that up. I've uh-huh. been talking about, hey, I think this is the year Michigan can do it. Now, I do remember you picking Ohio State I to did, win, though. Because I was like, hey. I want to be smart about this because I didn't want to go over the top. Like, I had just watched Ohio State demolish Michigan State. You are, you're jaded from your Carson Wentz, Lamar 100%. Jackson 100%. And speaking of Carson Wentz, you're everyone's, afraid to go all in. everyone's like, man, was Big Country right about Carson Wentz and the Colts? Hey, bub, for like a half. <laughs> <laughs> for a half, it looked really good. And yeah. then Carson Wentz remembered. Even our guy Rob Shit, Forrest, I'm Carson Wentz. <laughs> all of a sudden, Rob Forrest sends me a text message too. Like, hey, remember when everyone said Carson Wentz wasn't very good? And I was <laughs> like, fuckers. I was like, how could I forget? And like, I didn't say anything back after that, but I just even thought to myself, I was like, I don't want to respond to this message in case. Literally five minutes later, I get a freaking update. Carson Wentz throws interceptions. Son of a bitch. <laughs> then I had a fumble as well. I think yeah. two interceptions. It was like, come on, Carson. I don't want to say he lost the game for him, but... Pretty close. <laughs> that defense, how can you just cover Gronk, damn it? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my other thing. Just cover the big fucker in the middle. <laughs> but you did. You were high on Michigan. Yes, let's get back to where my real excitement is. It was exciting. I loved watching that game. It, I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I did pick Ohio State. I was rooting for Ohio State. But what Michigan was able to do and just come out and run the football just I mean, right down their throat. They legitimately kicked their ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bullied them the entire game, it felt like. Just yeah. punched them right in the mouth, and Ohio State didn't have any Final score was 42-27. to 27. I, It's weird because the game felt closer than that, but at the same time, it felt like Michigan was just in control the whole time. Like, you were almost waiting for Michigan to beat themselves at some point, and they did Yes, zero when, turnovers. When I knew that the universe was going to have Michigan win was when um, the quarterback had thrown the ball out to the running back out in the flat, and he just one-hand snagged it in stride. That just was a stuck very his hand out, catch. Caught it, and then just kept going. It was like, how in the world? Like, didn't even, like, turn uh-huh. in his hand. Didn't have to get his other hand. He just caught it, tucked it, and kept going. And, like, it was right then and there. I think it happened in the third quarter. I was like, pfft. Michigan's winning this football game. For me, it was I turned it on a little bit early, and I turned it on to Fox for the big noon kickoff, and I started seeing it snowing. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my snow game. Yep. Here it is. And then I just I also thought, like, Ohio State's in trouble. A lot of what they do is through the passing game. Even with a guy like Trayvon Henderson, uh, I still don't think that he's, like, 100% healthy, mm-hmm. and they just could not get the, the running game going at all. Yeah. And then also, hats off to that pass rush. Of Michigan, we talked about it a little bit uh, last week. I knew that Aiden Hutchinson was going to be very good. I knew that they had uh, the other pass rusher too, fifty-five. I don't know how to say his name. But I knew they were going to be good, but holy hell, I didn't know they were going to be that good. They were all over CJ Stroud, like in a lot of his passes. And I don't know if it just directly related to the pass rush or just because it was cold or maybe just a mixture of both. But a lot of his passes were just so off target. Like yeah. They were low, they were too high, they were too far out, and luckily not all of them turned into turnovers, but it was at the same time, it just waste of downs. And I haven't like gone back through to scout that game. I watched it kind of as a fan, but at the same time, Aiden Hutchinson, it was hard not to watch him. Mm-hmm. And he comes away with three sacks on the day. He's the new like single-season Michigan sack yeah, record holder, and a half, yep. uh, which is phenomenal. 
but people that did go back through and track this game is the people at PFF. And again, I don't know how some of their equations work. But I did see the tweet that they tallied up 19 quarterback pressures. Golly. In one game. That's insane. <laughs> the, I mean, the fact that he and how was, many plays they run? Like 50? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was just all over the place. All the time. And I, again, I tweeted it out, and I'm not even kidding. Like he should be a Heisman contender. Like, should oh. he be number one? Like maybe, maybe not. But the weekend that he had definitely should put him in the conversation for it. That is a Heisman moment. You have three sacks against your arch rival. You haven't beaten them since 2011, and then you come through and you do that. Uh, I mean, he really hats off to him. He was our player of the day as well. But he had a phenomenal game yeah and what was a great weekend and you know a couple weeks ago matt and i did like a mock draft for the draft scout mm -hmm. i had the first overall pick and i did cave on thibodeau to uh, probably the lions i guess this matt, dress out of Oregon. Mm -hmm. yeah. matt did uh the number two overall pick and he had aiden hutchinson going number two there were some comments of people being like hutchinson number two like get out of here like this is bullshit mm-hmm how do you feel about that now? <laughs> How do you feel about the fact that you press send on that tweet? Because, um, and I even saw it again this weekend, or maybe it was early this morning, people saying, like, there needs to be a discussion between who the number one prospect in this draft class really is. Because it might be Aiden Hutchinson. He's, he's so fucking big. And he's strong as hell. Like, he might not be yep. the fastest guy on the field, but he's going to bully his way to the quarterback every time. Yep. He's got just enough speed to get there. Who's your player comp for him? I don't have one yet. And, you know, we were talking about it, the three of us with Matt, uh, trying to figure out, like, okay, who is the player comp? And I agree. I hate to do it, like, just because he's white, mm -hmm. you'll be like, he's this player. Like, he's going to be, like, a Bosa, a uh, Crosby, yep. whoever it is. But it also, like, it kind of feels right. It does, yeah. <laughs> you had a good one, though. I liked your player comp for him. Yeah, Jared Allen. Yeah. And I think what makes Aiden Hutchinson different is it even for me? It's like uh, maybe a little bit of a T.J. Watt. The size is not even comparable. Yeah, like T.J. Watt is like six four, two fifty. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy. This dude's six six, two sixty five. And I mean, just that's a massive human being coming off the edge again and mm -hmm. again. And the reason I said Jared Allen is because when I remember watching Jared Allen play for the Chiefs before he went to the Vikings, and even when he was in Minnesota, it was one of those deals where you look at this guy and I was like, how in the world is he good? Like, I, and I don't mean that yeah. disrespectfully. What is he doing just, that's so special? Exactly. And you can almost it's say the a little same bit thing of everything. about Max Crosby. And it's just like, damn. Yeah. But it, whatever it is, it's, it's working. And he's got a heck of a package that you can put together. Mm. And if you're a passer. Heck of a package. Heck of a package. 6'6", mm -hmm. you got to. So you've body typed him uh, already. That's the first step in scouting for a, full, a lot of people. Full scouting, yeah. Full scouting <laughs> yeah. report. Uh, it is. It's amazing. I don't know. And I do. I hate to do the white to white thing because it just feels lazy. But at the same time, he does kind of feel like an in-shape J.J. Watt. Yeah. Because, I mean, the size like that is college. there. Yeah. No, yeah. post-college. J.J. Watt was chubby at Wisconsin. Oh, And then okay. got to the this. NFL and like got in very good shape. Perfect. Gotcha. It okay. feels like that kind of J.J. Watt. Yep. So not the prospect that we saw coming out, but like what, we're seeing, what we saw from J.J. Watt. Just, I mean, he's so good all over the field. Dude. I mean, I honestly, I don't know how to – player comp him because he's so big he's so fast so strong and he's he's very good with his hands too it's not just like hey i'm a better athlete than you mm -hmm. i'm gonna get around you he knows how to use his hands and, and beat offensive linemen it uh, you know another thing we were watching for was 
the Ohio State offensive line is very good. Their left tackle is a first-round draft prospect. <laughs> Dude got put on his ass. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember watching that play. It didn't even see where the ball went because it was a holy shit. That's a large human being getting uh-huh. flown through the air. It was like, I don't even know what the cartoon that's is. That's probably but a 320-pound. cartoon where they're like that. And that guy just, <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. Uh, our podcast listeners are going to love the sound effects <laughs> on that one. Uh, I'll clip it out for him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Uh, no, what I don't is know. That what freaking you're about. cartoon. They got like the weird spiky hair. Is it? Yeah, I know what it is. And they're like, <gasps> what's that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not Anywho, into that stuff. <laughs> another I, player for Michigan who had a hell of a week or hell of a game. Hassan Haskins. Yeah, the running back rushes for five touchdowns in this game. I saw that the Senior Bowl named um, Aiden Hutchinson their defensive player of the week and Haskins their offensive player of the week. It's hard not to. Uh, again, he rushed for 169 yards and five touchdowns against Ohio State. I kind of wish they would have just let him go score again. They just found a way of like, hey, we're just going to chuck the ball down here. We already got this game sealed. If you catch it, just step out at the one. He's going to go break the school record against Ohio State. Yeah. Like, that would be amazing because I think the school record was five touchdowns in a game for Michigan. And he tied it? Mm-hmm. So, it was like, if you can get six against Ohio State and your first win for Coach Harbaugh in, what, five, six years? Oh, yeah. It was also really cool to see guys like um, Desmond Howard was there, obviously, mm-hmm. for ESPN. Charles Woodson was there for Fox, like, for them to be a part of it and see how much it still means to them. Oh, yeah. Also, like, what is Ohio State doing that they're not producing guys that can do media? Because, <laughs> like, Desmond a, Howard and Charles Woodson are great. They, they got Michigan Kerb, Kerb Street. Or, God dang it. You even said it right this time. I did, and I thought I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Herbie is great, he, but he's so good about not being biased. Like, he's almost afraid to mention Ohio State. Yeah, because I feel like every time he does, he gets roasted for Every him. time he does. It's like, uh, you know, the announcers that people will be like, oh, no, Joe Buck hates our team. No, it's just sometimes your team sucks, and they've got to be critical. <laughs> and with Herb Street, it's the complete opposite. Anytime he even, like, starts to say Ohio State, people will just ride him and be like, oh, homer. you're such a homer. Like, he wasn't <laughs> even that good at Ohio State. <laughs> he it's really like, wasn't. Come on, and let him be passionate about, like, his team. I mean, it was it was a great college football weekend. I love how we compliment Herbie, and then like right at the end, we're like, "You actually suck to quarterback, but you're great in the booth." He, but he's one. He's my favorite college football personality. Yeah. Anytime he he's one of those people where I see him go live on Instagram. It's like I'm there. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he does it all the time, but he did several times last year during COVID. And it was like, "Yep, I'm there." I'm yeah. listening. And even like for him to do a Saturday morning for college game day, mm-hmm. be there, probably watch some of the Michigan Ohio State game. And then fly out to Oklahoma and do the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, which was another fantastic game, even outside of all the Lincoln-Riley stuff. Um, Oklahoma keeps itself alive in the college football playoff. I wrote about that one this morning in the state of college football as well. Uh, There's just so much left to the season. Like, we're getting here. It's championship week. There's still so much open that a team like Oklahoma State, I think, could definitely find their way into the college football playoff. And the crazy thing is, it might be Alabama that's left on the outside. And after another you know, poor performance against Auburn, I don't know if they deserve it anymore. I mean, it was close. And they got, <clears throat> excuse me, they got super <laughs> lucky in winning that game. So I've, I've talked to you guys about it before, listeners and yourself. My daughters are kind of Alabama fans. They like watching college game day. And so they get a lot, like, they probably love Kirk Herbstreet, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, the Alabama game was on, and they're like, do you have to watch this one for work? 
Yeah, I do. I do have to watch this one for work. So we're going to. And they're watching the game, and they say, like, can we watch, like, a movie after this game's over? And I'm like, after this game, yeah, like, I'll watch the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game on my iPad. It's uh-huh. not a big deal. I'll let them watch it on the big TV. So they are watching this game, most of it, actually. They take a little break. They come back in, and like, is it almost over? And I'm like, yeah, there's, like, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they're like, oh, Seven minutes. That's fine. They both sit on the couch like they're getting ready to watch their movie. Like, this is almost done. Oh, honey, you got an hour. And then they realize how long seven minutes in a game actually takes. And then this motherfucker goes to overtime and they're like, when will someone win? And I'm like, well, if Auburn scores here and Alabama doesn't, Auburn wins. Game's over. And they're both like, I don't even care anymore if Alabama wins. Like, let's just end this thing. Yeah. But then at the end, um, Alabama wins it, and I hear my youngest daughter, who is now checked out, she's, like, doing arts and crafts on her own. And she's like, did we win? I'm like, we? We? You're you're going that <laughs> far now? Are you French? Like, we, we. What are you talking about? <laughs> did we win? You weren't even in here watching the game. But Alabama does win, and it looks like I'm raising two Alabama fans. But, I mean, for Bryce Young, uh, I don't know. I didn't think he played that great. Uh, C.J. Stroud didn't play that great. So I don't know if you can put either one of those guys in the Heisman category. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I know votes, um, you can vote starting like right now. Mm -hmm. And you have until Monday to get your vote in if you're one of the guys voting for it. Hopefully, people wait until after this weekend. I feel like there's still so much left to do with the Heisman that you have so many good guys still playing that you really, you have to wait until after Saturday. And, like, that's the thing with this year. It doesn't feel like anyone solidified that spot. Like, in the years past, it, mm-hmm. it, it's like, okay, these are the guys. Focus on them week in and week out. This year is just like, ah, who knows? Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, like watching just stepped up. This weekend, I thought, okay, I'll watch C.J. Stroud. He's got a very good chance to do it, to win the Heisman. He didn't play that well, and his team lost. Like, he, he played okay. I don't know that you can really blame him for the loss. Yeah. But his team lost. So, like, that's going to take him out of the running. Bryce Young. He played pretty bad for most of that game. He came back. He had a good overtime. He had a pretty good fourth quarter. But he still didn't really have that, like, oh, my gosh, there's a Heisman moment yeah. that we needed from him. Look what Bryce did. And that's why I, I heard some other guys talking about it this morning, too. I put it out there Saturday night. I think the three Heisman finalists should be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who had a phenomenal weekend and a great season as well. Yeah. Will Anderson from Alabama. He's the best player on that team. Yep. Uh, Bryce Young, great. He plays quarterback. Will Anderson's the best player on that team. And then Jordan Davis from Georgia. Like, Give it to somebody from that defense because that is a historically great That's all defensive defense. players that you mentioned. All three. Fuck the offense. <laughs> None of them deserve to be there. And you know what? Like Guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, yeah, it's cool. They're great. Let them battle it out next year. Yeah. They'll be back. They will be fine. This year, I, I think we need three defensive players one of them gets it. No offensive player deserves it, so give it to the defense. All right, let's get to something different. It is a Monday. A lot of people like to talk about the NFL, but first, let's mention our great local sponsors. Club 609, the best bar in Joplin, Missouri. That might not sound like much. I know. I live here, but it is. It's the best bar in the world. Go check them out. They're happy hour from 2 p.m. until 8 p.m. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours. Very good chance that if I don't have anything going on, that's where I'm at. Oh, I mean, I'm right there behind you, honestly. Uh, the other thing, though, that we need to mention is Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube. 
but they are much more than that, and I can say that confidently because, well... Your car is currently there. It is, and uh, it's getting worked on. I just got a message right when we started recording. Hey, your car's ready to go. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just dropped it off 20 minutes ago. Thank you guys for the quick fix in and out. They pride themselves on doing so. Great customer service. They know you by name. Once you go in, it's hard to want to go anywhere else because that's how good they take care of you. Again, this is Downtown Lube here in Joplin, Missouri, off 1st and Main. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Yeah, and again, it's great to support those locally owned places. Obviously, if you don't live here in Joplin, it's probably hard for you to do that. I say still go do that in your area. Yeah. Like go into those national chain franchises. It just it doesn't feel right when there's a local place that you can take your vehicle or go get your food or whatever it needs to, whatever needs to be done. So definitely check them out downtown Lube if you're in the Joplin area. But let's do get to some NFL football. Um, I think maybe I'm wrong here. I think this was an incredibly boring NFL weekend. I'm so glad you said it because I was about to, but I didn't want anyone. I didn't want it to come off as like, well, the Chiefs didn't play, so of course you thought it was boring. Uh-huh. But like, there like, were only two teams on by. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Yep. And maybe the fact that games were spread out and we had three on Thursday, but like trying to watch and even keep track of what was going on on an NFL Sunday, it felt so boring. It did. And like even like the news of Billy Napier getting hired at Florida. I immediately like pounced on that and was like, oh, I'm interested here. Mm-hmm. And then when Lincoln Riley, the news got announced, I don't know if anybody was really like watching the games or if it was just, man, I am, I am tuned into Twitter. I am checking this <laughs> yeah. out. But I mean, I, for me, I'm very biased here. I think this goes to show again, a weekend like this in college football, the NFL can't even come close to yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, the the crazy games, even like looking at like Michigan and Ohio State, it wasn't even particularly close, but it was still like the highlight of the weekend until Lincoln Riley. Yeah. And Alabama and Auburn, it was very close. The NFL could never duplicate that, like maybe in a Super Bowl, but the passion that people feel for these college games. I mean, even when you get into NFL locker rooms, you still get guys that are like, all right, you went to Michigan, I went to Ohio State, let's make a bet on it. Yeah. It's never like, oh, man, you're a Chiefs fan. I'm a Raiders fan. We're very passionate about this. this just, you can't duplicate Well, what the people that does. you do get that are passionate about NFL are just kind of a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> they really. Like, yeah. If they, and, like, I know we know a lot of people that are huge Chiefs fans, but there's a difference in your fandom between other people. And if you're listening to this and you feel like you're in that category mm-hmm. of, like, I'm a super fan of an NFL team, think of, like, the super, super fan that you have of your NFL team, and you just go, yeah, they're kind of weird. It's a little it's different. It's a little too much. But, like, college football, I feel like there's just so much tradition with it that it's not mm-hmm. weird. It's like everyone's just united with it, and it's what it, makes it so special. For the most part, like, the, the player that you love in college football is always going to be tied to that team. Mm-hmm. Like a Colt McCoy. Love him and always will. He's forever a Texas Longhorn. Yeah. In the NFL? In the NFL? You can like this guy for a little bit, and then, boom, he goes to a different team. But, I mean, so that's like, the oh, thing. Shit. It's like Colt McCoy in the NFL is a, is a Cleveland Brown. He's a yeah. New York Giant. He's an Arizona Cardinal. Right. And wherever and else he, he freaking went. he hasn't went, been that but, good, but, I mean, I think you get the point. Yeah. And, you know, most of these guys, too, like, even if you are pretty good, still a really good chance that you leave in free agency. And I got to say like something. Odell Beckham. Yeah. I mean, uh, Giants fans thought, like, they had the next Jerry Rice. And then guess what? Then he goes to Cleveland. <laughs> and then Cleveland's like, oh, fuck yeah, we got Odell Beckham. Guess what? No. Now he's going to L.A. for a year. And he's not Rams don't shit. get excited because he's, he's going to be a free agent. So, like, what fan base is like, oh, yeah, Odell Beckham, we love him. 
maybe the Giants still, but like have fun rooting for him on a different team. Yeah, that's I, I just love college football. Yeah, and, I always have. And I've, it's taken me a little bit to get like on that. I don't I don't really want to say bandwagon, but just kind of like on board with all of it because I feel like there was so much in college football, and a big part of it was all the different traditions that are a part yeah. of each school conference matchups that I just didn't know. But now that I've been like in this world for four years now fully developed around college football with you and Matt, it's mm-hmm. like I get all of it now. And, I and love- it is so much fun to see like a wide out of Penn State or like a game against Michigan and Ohio State and be fully invested in it. You know what I mean? From the mm-hmm. beginning of the year and more than just a, a Texas OU. Like all these other big matchups across the world of college football, it's so much fun to fully understand the capacity and weight that they hold throughout the year for these teams, like in their fan bases and the universities, everything like yeah. that. Yeah. One thing I also love is the fact that, like, you know when these teams are playing. Yes. Like, you know that Michigan-Ohio State is the day after Thanksgiving or that weekend. Yep. In the NFL, like, you have to wait for that schedule release, and, like, maybe that's exciting, but it's like, okay, when do the Chiefs and Raiders play? Oh, shit, at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to wait all season long. Like, for me, I already know when Texas and OU are going to play next year. I don't have the date memorized, but I can tell you. Right there in October, you know, or I can just I can plan accordingly. I think it makes it very exciting. And the rivalries are so much better in college sports than any pro sport. And I I think last night goes to show that, too, when you had the Browns and Ravens playing each other. That was a dog shit football game. (laughs) Both quarterbacks played terrible. Baker Mayfield. We were talking about paying him. Like, how much do you pay him? And then last week he has a bad game. And I'm like, you don't pay him. You don't franchise tag him. I, I think that most people are probably coming around on that. It felt like it solidified everyone being on the same page last night. Yeah, I mean, it just it was another very bad performance. The Ravens looked like, um, I think they're sitting atop the AFC, if I'm not mistaken, in the standings. They don't look like a team that can win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're very beat up. They continue to win these games, and I guess that's what you need to do. But they still – they don't even look very good. No. I, I'm not confident in what I'm seeing out of them. And I've really – I've been a supporter of the Ravens pretty much all season. But last night was a, a very bad game. Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions. He really doesn't get much going on the ground either. Uh, it was just – it was bad all around for Sunday night football. And the thing with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is a lot of those plays they just got lucky on. I yeah. mean, like Mark Andrews. Like, yeah, that downfield like catch. Everywhere. Like, that's the guy you got to thank for this win. Yeah, because you mentioned the downfield catch, he had multiple of those, and then it was the touchdown grab as well. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not for him, there's no way you're in this football game. And but the same thing to Cleveland, like they just couldn't take over. They couldn't get anything figured out with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb at you know both yeah. playing this game. Yeah, both of them back, and nothing was going. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Baker, it's I get you're injured, you're dealing with that heel injury, you your left shoulder's beat up. He got hit several times last night as well. But, like, man, like even in play calling, you can't get anything else going to help this guy get the ball out of his hand quicker. Right. Yeah. And another game that really got out of hand. Panthers fans, very excited to have Cam Newton back. He's back on the bench. Uh, absolutely terrible performance. And I don't even think you can look at it and be like, well, he played a really good team. Nope, you played the Dolphins. <laughs> and maybe that defense is good. They had a, a good day. Tua looked pretty good. Uh, this game did surprise me a lot, but it looked very, very bad for Cam Newton. It didn't look much better when P.J. Walker came in either, but it was bad at the quarterback position. Cam Newton goes 5 of 21, two interceptions. He 
again, I didn't realize his stats were this bad. Uh, atrocious against a not good Dolphins team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this just goes to show the Panthers desperately need a new quarterback. Luckily for them, that uh, guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, those are your pro options, and maybe you can get one of those guys to come to Carolina, and it looks a little bit better. I, I do think at some point we have to start looking at. Uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady, like, hey, you're supposed to be like this wonder duo. Do something like get. I something bet they're going. sitting there like, hey, we're calling the right plays. They just can't execute them. Like, <laughs> and that and, could be the case. But at the same sucks. time, this is the there are four quarterbacks that I've seen now: Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker. Yeah, that's a good point. None of them have looked good. That's a good point. So at some point, you do have to look at it. And those quarterbacks, maybe they're not great, but at some point, I do think that we have to start putting a little bit of blame on those coaches. Because it hasn't looked good in Carolina, and it, it doesn't really look great for the NFL draft for them either. Uh, so I, I don't know what you do if you're the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I would uh, try to attack some of those quarterbacks, but I don't think that Russell Wilson put them on his short list. Deshaun Watson has pretty much came out and just said, I'm going to Miami. <laughs> and with Aaron Rodgers, it's such an unknown. I don't, yeah. I, you try to get him, but it sounds like he wants to be on the West Coast. The Packers probably don't want to trade him to an NFC team. So I don't know what the Panthers do. The, the draft is not going to be great either. Maybe you bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield for a year. Uh, that's that's a terrible plan. I, I hope they don't have to do that. But I don't know. I don't know what you do in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey doesn't look great. I don't know if that guy's ever going to be healthy. Not if he's been paid. <laughs> I mean, sorry, but, like, dude got payday. And it's not that he's like not going to play anymore. It's I'm not going to risk mm-hmm. being hurt and not getting to play for as many years as possible. Yeah, I'm trying to collect those dollars. Yeah. And another guy that did have a great game in this game was Jalen Waddle. Uh, I know a lot of people, myself included, looked at that wide receiver position and like, oh, don't take a wide receiver so high. And for the Dolphins, I did give a little bit of an exception because I thought they were going to be very good. But Jalen Waddle has another fantastic day. Uh, nine catches, 137 yards, and one touchdown against a, a Panthers defense that was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, now, I thought they were pretty good coming into this game. Maybe we have to change our minds on that one. And then another game where we might have to change our minds, you started to talk about it earlier, is this Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Indianapolis Colts game. I was looking at it. I wasn't watching it live, but I was monitoring it. I was watching Red Zone, and I did think, like, oh, my God. The Colts, not only are they winning, I saw the score, and then I went and I checked the box score. I thought Jonathan Taylor probably had 200 yards rushing. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised when I saw that it was a Carson Wentz-led lead. (laughs) And then it all went to shit, and we did get old Carson Wentz back again. You can't turn the ball over against Tom Brady, or he will will get you. We saw it even with the, the Cowboys in the first game of the season. If you give Tom Brady the ball back, he's probably going to beat you. And that's what happens as uh, Tampa Bay scored 24 points in the second half to win this game. Yeah, I just – it's annoying because the thing with Carson Wentz is one of his interceptions that he had early in the third quarter, which is one of those deep balls where I think it just got – just wasn't well placed for Michael Pittman. And then his last one, um, I believe, was to end the game. We tried to throw a touchdown pass and to, again to Michael Pittman – to end it there with, like, what is it? No time left on the clock. So, that gets intercepted. So, you see two interceptions, and you're like, great, he pissed this game away. Yeah, there were some throws that just didn't look good, but at the same time, I hate to be this guy, 
Tom Brady gets bailed out every fucking year somehow. <laughs> like almost every week as well. Just the mm-hmm. stupidest calls that are made for his receivers that it's like pass interference and they go from like third and seventeen to first and ten on the fifteen yard line. And it's like how? Like it's annoying at this point like, to just watch it and go, dude, come on. Yeah, I, I but like I think the same res- could be said with every team, for though. sure. But like in it's respect to Tom Brady, but at the same time you watch games like this and it's he just gets they're getting bailed out in certain situations and it's frustrating to see. But then it's like, well, we can sit here and I can sit here and complain about this. What about Leonard Fournette running all over the defense? Yeah. What how are we it's gonna like complain about that? Me. It's like uh oh the man, they cheated, they deflated the balls. Well, yeah, but it really didn't matter at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, look at the score. This. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can sit here and complain a bitch about it all I want, but at the same time, like I said, Leonard Fournette goes off. Defense yeah, couldn't stop like four the run. touchdowns. Totally. Yeah, and he's I mean he sealed the game with like I think a twenty some yard run uh for a touchdown as well, hit the hole. Yeah. Nobody wanted to tackle him. Business decisions were made. It was like, okay, well, that's it. Yeah, it, it was a rough day for the Colts and the Buccaneers. They do get another win. They're sitting at eight and three. They look very good in the NFC. I think that was a, they needed that win too. Like, duh, they needed it. Yeah. But like to come back in the way they did, I think that gives them a lot of confidence going for the rest them, of the season. Gets them back on track. Yeah, it, it really does. And then another team. How about Tom Brady's old team? Uh, the Patriots look so good right now, and I did not think they were going to look this good. I did predict uh, Mac Jones would win the Rookie of the Year. You did? I think that is just a no-brainer right now. Lock. Lock yeah. it up. I mean, he's got to, but they beat the Titans. They beat the brakes off the Titans, 36-13. to 13. And I think you can look at this and be like, oh, well, Derrick Henry didn't play. They still had 270 yards rushing for the Titans mm-hmm. and still lost. Uh, I don't know. Ryan Tannehill has not looked good. <laughs> uh, I think we both wondered how he would look with Derrick Henry out. Uh, it hasn't been good. And even Sunday, with a rushing game uh, from their two running backs that they have, Hilliard and Foreman, they just couldn't get anything going uh, with Ryan Tannehill. He looked very bad. I think a lot of that has to do with Bill Belichick. I think yeah. a lot of people last year kind of questioned him and thought, okay, this is all Tom Brady. And now I think we're remembering, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Belichick, very good coach. Brady, very good quarterback. And now it looks like, you know, a guy like Josh McDaniels has his quarterback and Mac Jones. Yeah. It's not sexy, but it's going to get the job done. And they've won like, it was like six straight now. Yeah. And everyone's going to, I know a lot of people are asking the question is, you know, is New England the best team in the AFC? Like, holy smokes, look at this. Yeah. They have these amount of wins, but here's my thing. I kind of have a little bit of thoughts to it. So just give me a second. The teams that they have played have not been very good. Like, you demolished the Jets, you played a beat up Los Angeles team. You picked up a win there. Good. You beat Carolina. We know they're not good. You beat Cleveland. They're completely damaged. We know they're not good right now either. You demolished Atlanta. We know they're not good. And Tennessee, you played them. You mentioned the running yards that they have, but they also have no receiving weapons as A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both on the IR. So it's like we can look at this and go, man, like these are all easy wins. We Mm -hmm. can't blame, though, at the same time, we can't blame the Patriots for beating the teams that are on their schedule. Yeah. So, yes, they are playing really good right now. Things are clicking, but we're really going to see who they are these next three weeks where they play at Buffalo. On Monday night football. On Monday night. And then they go to Indianapolis, which we've seen them just piss away games. So we'll see how that matchup is. And then they get Buffalo at home. So as well as the month of the end of October and the month of November was for New England, December could be a month of like, all right, show us who you really are. Yeah. 
And it get could a be. bye week included in this. <laughs> they win. Yeah. Uh, I do think that game at Buffalo Monday Night Football, I hope again, I'm hoping for snow. <laughs> December in Buffalo, I feel like that should be pretty safe. Uh, but I am. But it is. It's impressive what they're doing. Six straight wins against anybody in the NFL is good. You mentioned one of those teams being uh, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I, that is a team that I do want to look at and think, man, like, I just I don't know what's happening with them. I didn't watch their game yesterday, but it didn't look good. And the, the wheels are really just falling off. I mean, the Chargers looked like they were one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. They did look like the best team in the AFC West there for a little bit. I mean, they had a run where they beat the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Browns. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, oh, my God, they're they're legit this year. And then since then, they've been very bad. And they lose again to the Broncos. They should have beat the Broncos. I don't care if that game's in Denver or not. They should have beat the Broncos. They didn't. And Justin Herbert, not to keep ragging on him, but he has not looked good. People were comparing or asking the question, at least, of like Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. After his rookie (laughs) season. And now he comes out, he throws two more interceptions. Um, he was okay throwing the ball, but again, you're losing these games. He throws a pick six to Patrick Sertan. It's just, it hasn't looked good for the Chargers. It hasn't looked good for Justin Herbert. No, I mean, I don't know who you blame. I mean, really, because they're not targeting Mike Williams anymore. Yeah, and usually you can, you know, if a quarterback or a team is struggling, you can point to the offensive line. I feel like the offensive line is still playing pretty well. Uh, maybe not to like an elite level, but like, sorry, you can't have everything perfect for you. Yeah. Not many teams do have elite offensive linemen. Uh, they've got good enough running game. Austin Eckler, like he's a good running back, but I also think he does so much out of the backfield that he's a good weapon. Then you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams. So like, I don't, I don't know where you can point and, and blame like who on this Chargers team because you're not scoring points. Thirteen points against Denver is just. It's not going to get it done for you. And like at the same time now is who the heck is Denver? Because <laughs> yeah. you demolish Dallas, and then you pick up a win here against the Chargers. I I just I don't know who they are either now. Yeah, this is such a wild year in the NFL, college football too. Like really, just football is drunk this season. <laughs> Usually, you know, we got two days left in November. Usually, you know who the good teams are. Yeah, and you're like, okay, here's you know maybe four or five teams. They're Super Bowl contenders the rest like yeah we'll wait and see I don't know now because I mean I felt very good about the Rams not too long ago now I don't know they kind of got their ass kicked by the Packers this weekend so even (laughs) looking at them and the Packers it's like okay maybe the Packers are good maybe they are and this is maybe they aren't a Packers team that's being led by Aaron Rodgers who has a messed up toe a fractured toe he showed all of us it's now his profile picture god I hate him so much freaking hilarious I love do you like him I thought it was funny I'll be honest, yeah. I like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I know that he's a good quarterback. So I just don't want it to turn that. into us being like, I like him, you don't like him, F you. This might be our first disagreement our friendship's really had. <laughs> you think so? We're going to uh, say, well, let's test the waters. Uh, Carson Wentz, definitely. <laughs> Way before that, I don't like Carson Wentz. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think he's probably a good person, but I don't think he's a good quarterback. All right, I definitely overlooked mm-hmm. that one. Uh, I do like Well, him. maybe I overlooked it because I kind of started to realize <laughs> yeah, Lamar Jackson. Did you be able to hear that? I, if you I was. Okay, good. Uh, Lamar Jackson was another one. I've come around on that. Mm-hmm. I feel turned Even on. after like the game that he had, I think that he's just so dynamic with his legs yeah. that he doesn't have to be the elite level 
passer of like an Aaron Rodgers. Or I did Stafford. say earlier, if it wasn't for Mark Andrews, they don't win this game. I mean, you would have to give credit to Lamar Jackson. I mean, he is good, but yeah, he threw four interceptions yeah. yesterday. So I, I agree with you on that one, actually. Mark Andrews, yeah, he won that game for him. But with Aaron Rodgers, it's not even so much about him on the field. If I just watch him play, I, I do like him. Yeah. It's the interviews that I cannot stand. Even when he is like being real and he's supposed to be like relatable, I still can't stand the way he talks. <laughs> I understand why his family doesn't like him. Like I would stop, stop inviting him to, to stuff us like too. we're dumb. Yeah, like, I'm just your mom. Shut the fuck up. We get it. You make a lot of money, but like you were supposed to bring the mac and cheese and you didn't. So that's what's important to us. We don't want to listen here. to you play your guitar. If we wanted mac and cheese. <laughs> Please stop doing that. But I, I do. I like him on the field. I think he's very good quarterback. And even when like they get the ball late, it's like okay, well he's probably gonna go score for them. Yeah, I really like Devontae Adams. I just do not care. Speaking for of him, which, did you see his comments on Odell? Uh-uh. So Odell wanted to do a jersey swap with him after the with game with Devontae Adams. With or? Devontae Adams, Odell was like, "Hey, let me get that jersey." And Devontae was like, "Why don't you go get Cooper Cup since that's who you wanted to play with?" <laughs> <laughs> did he say it to Odell? He's. I believe that's the way he made it sound. I did not see he that. He said one it to the media at all. Yeah. Uh-uh. For, if that is a very like true, genuine story, props to you, Devontae Adams. Especially if you did it to his face. Like, right after the game. Because I guess Odell was like, yo, let me get that jersey. Uh-huh. And Odell did ha- he had five catches and a touchdown yesterday. But the Rams team, it just it feels different. I-, I know Matt Stafford, big shocker here, he's hurt. He's just Yeah, and he doesn't look good the last couple weeks. Like, he he's really He's missing hasn't. everybody. I've lost um, two weeks in a row in fantasy football i'm blaming matt stafford i was riding high with this dude for a while and i think i saw earlier this morning even he's not even in the mvp discussion anymore he dropped out of the top five well he's throwing like three pick sixes in a row yeah nah, like throws it. last three weeks excuse me yeah so i the rams really need a reset it's funny how quickly we overreact to everything i and oh, I, I mean my fault too but it's I, hard not to though when you're in the moment of like there's panic time yeah, especially when you're looking at the Rams and you're like, oh, my God, this is one of the best teams I've ever seen. And then they you know, drop a couple games. Now, But now they've dropped three in a row. Uh, two good teams, the Titans, 49ers, and Packers. They get a nice little reset. They take on the Jaguars next Can we week. call those good teams, though? Did the 49ers win this weekend? They did. They beat the Vikings, though. That's yeah. But uh, you're right. Like, Who can we call a good team, though? There are not many. I would call the Rams I'm not good. calling the 49ers a good team. I'll but, tell you that. I'm not either. The Cowboys, like, I thought they were good. They lost on Thursday to the Raiders. They've lost to almost – they've lost to every team in the AFC West except for the Chargers. And that's why it's so hard to be like, okay, the Patriots, like, are they good? I don't know. They beat a lot of bad teams, but they're winning games. The Ravens, are they good? I don't know. They played like shit, but they've <laughs> won. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, even Buffalo. It was like, ah, oh, they lost Tennessee. They lost to Jacksonville. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, even. Like, are they good? They've been playing really good. They played Denver Sunday night next week. They're Freaking, even – Come on. They're even guilty of the, like, well, we really haven't beat anybody. Because even when you look at it, I think you mentioned it before, too. It's like, oh, you beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. You beat the fucking Giants. No one cares. And you barely beat the Giants. You beat the Cowboys without Amari Cooper, without (laughs) C.D.A. Lamb for a half, Um, and a banged-up Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Lucky. So there there are zero teams in the NFL right now that are, like, have everything going but for that them. is also the beauty of the nfl is we literally have no freaking idea yeah. who's going to be in the super Bowl. and it's just it's usually not like this but it is yeah. it's great because i mean this whole month of december is going to be fantastic for the nfl college football coming to an end that kind of hit me over the weekend it's like mm-hmm. oh my god 
it's almost over. <laughs> that is a very sad, sad time of year for me. But the NFL will pick up, and then we'll dive in um, after Christmas. More NBA talk. Uh, Major League Baseball free agency is really starting to take off. We yeah. got a lot of people signed last night. I kind of felt bad for Jeff Passan. Uh, he was trying to tweet out like all these deals and I have his tweet notifications on, but at the same time, I'm like, shut the fuck up, Jeff. Like, I don't care right now. I'm trying to figure out what's going on at USC, man. Lincoln has left. <laughs> I almost turned his notifications off and then Sham's trying to tweet and it's like, Oh, Boogie Cousins signed with the Bucks. I mean, I really don't give a fuck about that at all. Yeah. I'd rather hear about the baseball signings, but seriously, <laughs> two of you shut up for a second. I just want to see what Bruce Feldman and Adam Schefter have to say. Another one that I think we should mention before. Now uh, we end the show is the Adam Schefter tweet that Oklahoma is interested in Cliff Kingsbury. I feel bad for Schefter, but at the same time, you kind of just got to know when like and people know, man, like that this is coming from tweet. an agent. Yeah. When directly. not to tweet something. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I think that it sucks because he does a very good job of breaking news, but at the same time, it's like, this is a bullshit report. Like don't, don't push send on that one. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody bought it for a second. It would be fantastic. I was tweeting a little bit about it. I would love that hire because Cliff Kingsbury was very bad in college. <laughs> Did not have a 500 record. And had Patrick Mahomes, still couldn't find a way to win games. <laughs> so, yeah, bring him to Norman. But that was clearly, very clearly a, an agent saying, like, hey, trying to get my guy a deal. Tweet out that OU is interested. Mm -hmm. so, and I think that they can use some of those college jobs with Cliff Kingsbury, but the Arizona Cardinals are nine and two. They might be the only team that is actually like, yeah, they're good. Yeah. Kingsbury is not leaving. Like, even if you're Arizona, listen, I'd be like, that's stupid. Like yeah. I'd be mad at Cliff. But like you let your agent fucking post that shit. Yeah. Or, you know, if I'm the GM or whoever's doing the negotiations, I'm maybe sending a text to the agent. And be like, Hey, that was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're not falling for that one. So we're going to start over with the negotiations that we have. He's <laughs> not going anywhere. Uh, they're very, this is the best football team he's ever had. I, I don't mean, know how well he did in high school. He went to school in Texas, I assume. But his playing days at Texas Tech, his coaching days, this is the best team he's ever been part of. Don't don't screw that up. Yeah. You just keep sitting in your fancy house watching your big TV, enjoying your bye week. You're not leaving Arizona, especially for Oklahoma. I'm sorry. But uh, that is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow. Don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show, though. Roper Kia, a great time to get yourself in a new vehicle. Uh, I know my mom was vehicle shopping this weekend. I need to tell her to use uh, that code. Mm -hmm. Mention us at Miked Up. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Big Country and I will be back tomorrow with a very boring, nothing going on day. Here.